You are listening to the Daily Homily for Magdala in the Holy Land. Then they came to Capernaum, and on the Sabbath, Jesus entered the synagogue and taught. The people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. In their synagogue was a man with an unclean spirit. He cried out, What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Jesus rebuked him and said, Quiet, come out of him. The unclean spirit convulsed him and with a loud cry came out of him. All were amazed and asked one another, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. His fame spread everywhere throughout the whole region of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are a couple of big words here today that stand out, and one of them is listening. And another one is authority or power. And then another one is love, the treasure of love. So in the synagogue at Capernaum, you know where Capernaum is, right? You could almost walk here, it's this direction. You could almost walk in an hour, an hour and a half, two hours, give yourself two hours. And you could walk from here to there in two hours, uh, easily, you know. Uh, so think about that someday. That should be a nice project for you when you're here, to walk two hours over to Capernaum and back. So <clears throat> in the synagogue, there are two things that happen First of all, there's the teaching that they're astonished by, and then Jesus throws out demons. So he does this with authority, and this is what really impresses them, the quality that's in the teaching and in the actions of Jesus. He could come with the authority of Caesar because the Romans were in charge here. And how did the Romans have their authority? They had their authority through the Roman legions, through the soldiers. You know, the Romans conquered France. It was called Gaul at that time. And do you know how many people they killed to do that? More than a million people to conquer France. And then there were another million, I think, taken prisoner or wounded, all the rest of that. So just imagine the horror of their power. And if you didn't follow their authority, you felt it. You felt it either way. You have subjected to it, or you you rebelled and you were killed. And then another authority could be the high priests, or to have been trained by a great rabbi like Saul was trained by Gamaliel. 
and they would have a link of authority back to Moses. That's the way they did it. Like, you know, when we have bishops and they're ordained by other bishops. So there's a link going straight back to the 12 apostles and Jesus in the case of the bishops. So this is what the rabbis did. They had their authority going back. They knew the rabbis that had authorized them to teach Moses properly. And then you could, Jesus could come with the authority of Moses. But actually, this is where the first reading comes in very handy. And it says, Moses said to all the people, a prophet like me will the Lord your God raise up for you. A prophet like me, from one of you, from among your own kin, to him shall you listen. A prophet like me. And then who is Moses? Well, Moses is the, considered in the Jewish tradition to be the author of the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And that's really the huge foundational chunk of revelation, if I want to use that very cheap word for it. It's the big foundational block, the cornerstone of all of our thinking, even for us as Christians. So Moses had a huge, huge relevance and importance. But the second piece to Moses was that he brought the people out of slavery. And God says, I will raise up a prophet like you from among your king. And what we know for sure is that the Jewish people received <coughs> this promise with increasing perception. And at the time of the New Testament, we have Herod asking, who is this? We have John the Baptist asking, go and ask Jesus if he is the one. So they are expecting one who's going to come with great authority. So Jesus has come. And they don't know this yet. They are discovering him. So we are at the beginning of Mark's gospel in the first chapter, although those who go to Mass daily or read their daily readings, we're already in chapter 4, and we'll be going on to chapter 5 this week. So here we're still in, in chapter 1 of Mark's gospel. We're at the very beginning, and Mark's gospel is immediately presenting Jesus as the one who is coming. And actually, this text of Deuteronomy is in all four gospels, and it's in the Acts of the Apostles. So it's very clear in their minds, this is the one. Are you the one? And he is the one. And John the Baptist said, I'm not worthy to untie his sandals. And if we go back to the text of Deuteronomy, it says, God says, I will give him my words. So it's not the teaching of Moses. And Jesus will even say at the Mount of Beatitudes, the whole Mount of Beatitudes is like a new Deuteronomy, a new, a new, a new law. And Jesus says, um, Mo, this is what Moses said, but I say. So Jesus himself spoke in a way that he had authority above the authority of Moses. So this is very interesting. And what do you do in front of Jesus? You listen. And when you listen to Jesus, you become a disciple. But we have big blockage. The blockage of temptations, the blockage of brokenness inside ourselves. We are lazy, we are proud, we are envious, we are jealous. Um, we are sometimes angry and have negative attitudes to others. We have a lot of evil influence. 
Just think of the temptation to tell a lie, the temptation to take money, the temptation to charge double, to be unjust. And this is in our lives. So it comes very close to us. And we have a beautiful prayer, the Our Father, we pray every day. And we will pray it now at Mass. Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. The devil isn't just thinking for the possessed or for the criminals or for the uh, drug lords, for the murderers, for the people of great injustice. The devil is close to us. It's not that we need to get hyper-scared. We, <laughs> we should be attentive. But we have Jesus with us who has the power to drive out demons to drive away temptations. Some people are very locked in with addictions. Maybe you know companions, friends, who are locked in to substance abuse. Their only thing is pleasure, and they abuse people to have their pleasure. This is the life of our world today. Think of all the things, all the videos that are made, all the stuff that's on the internet that takes away from the dignity of the human person. Who does that? Who's buying that stuff? <coughs> Think of all the human trafficking. Who is doing that? What evil is there? How much suffering is caused? So we need to pray in the power of Jesus to defend ourselves, to be free. What are we free for? Just to go and lie on the beach? No, to be free for love. And there's wonderful discernment in the second reading today. It's a treasure of love. Because if we're listening to Jesus' word, we are called out to love. We're saying, get up, wake up, come. Your life is to spend loving, not just lying, doing nothing. You're supposed to give your life completely in love. And there are souls that God calls to be completely consecrated to him. And this is the theme that Paul is dealing with in the second reading. If you should get married, or if you should consecrate your life to God. And so this is, there's both two great ways to love God completely. Because you will never find a spouse who will love you completely. Because all human beings are broken. A spouse will always hurt at some point or another. It's very unusual that a spouse, two people living together that closely, don't hurt each other. Because of tiredness, unintentionally or intentionally, or repeatedly, or just once, but there's always issues. And the path of marriage is to learn to forgive, to learn the path of love, to be able to love God with all your heart and all your soul. And the path of the consecrated life, and I'm blessed to be doing this for 50 years, and my sister 48 years this year, to be on this path of consecration is a sign for the church that we can be filled with God's love and that it's worth freeing our hearts for God's love. And that's not easy for us either. It's a choice every day. It's a choice uh, in, in all the service we provide to love God every day. We have to be on top of it. We have to say, deliver us from evil. We have to say, Jesus, save me, I perish. And we're normal human beings. And these are two great paths. And you are young people. So think about this about what Jesus is calling you and where you're at in your life and how Jesus is bringing you to be free from evil, to be able to love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength, and to love everyone in the work you do, 
your family back home, the connection and support for friends, lifting them up, people who are out of work, people who are badly treated, to be a support and to live. There is such a need to be free with to discover the treasure of love, to live the treasure of love, and to share it with others. Thank you for joining us today. If you want to learn more about Magdala, follow us on YouTube and on Facebook.